Hi, everyone. So um, this week, we originally had planned to release an episode, an interview episode with our wise friend, Emily Paul. And we are going to be pushing that episode until next week because um, after our most recent episode titled Permission to Not Be Warm and Fuzzy came out, we have had a lot, Dan and I have had a lot of conversations with each other, conversations with friends, family members um, about what it was like for them to hear that conversation um, between Dan and I. And um, what's happening now is is exciting and scary and um, just makes me feel like this podcast is very real and it's like not just a conversation in a vacuum with me and Dan and a guest. It's like this breathing organism. And that's something that we hoped from the beginning of starting this project was that the episodes would spark conversations with friends and family and like that it would just turn into this thing that's kind of has a life of its own. And now that that's happening, it's like, oh, fuck, it's like really happening and um, for better and for worse. But I think it's all for better in ultimately. But um, there were some some hard things that I had to start dealing with or grappling with um, after that episode with some feedback that I got um, from some really close friends and... Uh, then it sparked conversations between me and Dan. So we're just going to talk about that today. Welcome to If I May Be So Bold, a podcast about relationships. The ones we have with others, the one we have with ourselves. And given that Dan and I are a couple, you're going to be hearing about our relationship too. I'm Dan Epstein, a recording artist, former opera singer, and relational coach. I'm Justin Waring Crane, a therapist, recovering perfectionist, and karaoke star. All right. So, so when we put out the third episode, permission to not be warm and fuzzy, I was kind of worried about putting out, putting it out, but not at all for the reasons that I ended up, uh, feeling some things, um, if that makes sense. So like, I was kind of like, is this boring or is this self-indulgent when I listened back? Because we had recorded that a few months before, at least maybe four months before. Um, and I was like, are people going to be interested in this? And then pretty much immediately when we put it out, my perception of what the conversation was, was really altered. Um, 
I had people saying, oh, that was really intense. And one person said they immediately started sweating when they, uh, when the episode began. Um, Justin, did you have, did you have that experience too? Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so I guess my answer is no. Okay. Um, but I was a little surprised from the feedback I got from one of my friends, um, that she was texting me a lot saying like, I could never do this. This is so brave. I can't believe you guys actually posted this. So that was a little surprising because I was like, is it really that, that crazy? (laughs) Um, totally. So that was a little surprising, but yeah. Yeah. I had that too. I had, I had many people say, you guys are so brave for doing this. And I mean, my, my ego, my desire for people to like me and like, like the project kind of kicked in where I was like, huh, is that a compliment? (laughs) Like, or is that like you idiots, (laughs) you know, like it kind of, I had that feeling of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you said before, I feel excited even though I feel scared because it does feel like what we've spoken about before has been like noticing when other people have blind spots in their own relationships and how that's a tricky thing when you're in a relationship. But this would be, this I would say is the first time we're engaging with blind spots of our own and, and it's really uncomfortable. Um, Ultimately I know it's like something I want and I want to feel, um, I want to feel strong enough to be uh, open to what people are noticing, what people are seeing in me that I can't see and what people are seeing in our relationship that we can't see. Because I think it will lead to some good things. But I will say this has been very hard this week to actually start that process and have that experience. And I'm, I really didn't it didn't I didn't expect it to to be what it was this experience Mm -hmm. yeah so I think what we want to look at today is is a broader context around the conversation from the third episode and um yeah I think zooming out a little bit more you know neither of us is an expert when it comes to um, sociology or class, race, gender. We're not experts in those things. Um, So we won't pretend to know more about that than we do. Um, But in any, any conflict between a couple really can't exist without the larger context of the culture. And um, I think it's easy when you're in conflict as a couple to be like, it's just you and me. Like, it's just boiling down to you and me and, you know, our families of origin, right? We usually lump those people in too. Um, and, And to get very narrowly focused of, it's just you and me and this conflict that we're having. And, but there's no discussion of, 
Um, well, where were we socialized other than our families of origin? What What's the larger context beyond our families of origin, which is, you know, growing up in the the um, the U.S., where we grew up, you know, socioeconomically, what our backgrounds looked like, um, the culture of white supremacy and misogyny and, um, and all of those systems of oppression. We're just kind of missing that piece. Um, and we kind of want to just try to bring that in a little bit more because that's some of the the primary feedback that that we've been getting since that episode dropped. Yeah, and it makes me think of a pretty interesting paradox of you're in the relationship. So you, in a way, you feel like you understand the relationship the best. And in some ways you do, but it's kind of, there's this other side to it where you're immersed in it. And so in, there's certain things that you are the least capable of seeing. Yeah. 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 So I guess, do you want to go first? Or you want me to? Yeah, I would okay. love to. Okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, I was viewing that, that, um, and first of all, I'll say, if you haven't listened to that episode, it probably makes sense to go listen to it before you continue with this one. So that's episode three, permission to not be warm and fuzzy. Um, okay. Having said that, I, um, I was viewing that conversation. I keep going back to this part in the conversation where I express that I'm feeling authentic. And it's now it's like, it's weird because I was feeling authentic, but it's my perspective has changed based on what other people have seen and what now I feel more able to recognize because of that feedback. Um, and also from Justin's feedback. So I was saying I felt authentic and I think what I, what I was feeling at the time was a relief because we had, um, we had, we had discussed many times, numerous times that we were worried about this sort of pattern we have as a couple of getting caught on what, um, we sometimes call the lazy river, which is a sort of ease and sometimes a false ease of like falling into a comfortable routine with each other and maybe starting to lose our individual experience a little bit in favor of choosing comfort and, and affection and routine. Um, and in that moment, I felt like I was break, I was breaking a pattern in that there was this thing that had happened where Justin had done certain behaviors that I bristled at or I felt tense and I felt my old tendency of not expressing displeasure, which I've done throughout so much of my life, just felt scared to express displeasure with people because of fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. And so I was feeling some relief and some pride on breaking the cycle in that I was expressing displeasure with, with Justin and I was, you know, getting into uh, territory that I felt like it was important for us to be able to express when we are feeling some, whether it's judgment or internalized misogyny, like better to, to 
identify whatever's happening or process whatever's happening rather than sort of keep it down and like be quietly, you know, dysregulated. Um, Cause it felt like movement. But um, while that was happening, I completely missed um, a rupture that I created, which was that I came into Justin's living space and I um, didn't like that experience. Like my, my nervous system was, was twitching out and I could have chosen to communicate with her and say, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm having this reaction and I'm going to go in the next room um, to kind of like breathe or whatever, or like, just, just see what, see what's what, like try and identify what I'm feeling. Um, but instead what I did was I just left and I, I admit, I, I wasn't clocking that in breaking the pattern that I kind of wanted to break. I was also breaking the pattern in a way that was causing harm or, you know, it was like, it was violent in a certain way. And in our conversation that felt like it got glossed over. And so it's, it's kind of hard for me now to listen back on that and be like, Oh man, I was, I was not seeing the full picture. Well, it was really hard for me too in that moment to realize that I had been hurt by you walking away. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to identify that. Um, maybe because I've just, um, still I'm trying to <clears throat> deprogram or just still have that programming that um, wants to seem okay with separation, <laughs> even when I'm not, um, and then causes me to sort of lie to myself about it. Um, but even in our, in our conversation, when, when you apologize to me about the way that you communicated um, that was the way that you communicated to me about what I was doing that you didn't like um, was painful to me. And I told you and, and you apologized and we worked through it, but it was like, there was this other um, wound of you walking away and leaving the room. And, and I just wasn't even able to it's like pain, the just pain was kind of like mixed together and like swirling around and like it's difficult to to identify like each component. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's like, it's so wild how that happens. I just wish that like, I wish I could have this like pure experience of like, ah, uh, yes, I'm now feeling pain <laughs> because he walked away. And then, you know, like it's like when you start, you know, all these layers and layers of like defenses and protections and armor and socialization, like not wanting to seem needy, not wanting to mm-hmm. seem um, phased by anything. Um, yeah. yeah, it's still there and it's, it's, it's changing, but it's, um, it's really just so deeply in there. Right. And it's, and it just really brings me back to, I'm feeling very humbled in that, I feel like I got, I've gotten so good at feeling like I can see other people's blind spots. And that is such a trap 
um, to think because I can see others people's blind spots that I don't have blind spots. Of course I do. Right. And it's like now I'm thinking about it, that interaction. I'm thinking about all the times I've seen other men um, not know what to do with an intense feeling and bolting or like sulking. And it's really, I hate feeling like I I am that person, but I know that it's so important that I see myself outside of like this ego driven desire to be perfect or like to be different from those people, from those men. Yeah. Well, you're not that guy, but you've been socialized into that guy in certain ways. Mm-hmm. That's a, an important distinction. It's like not that's not who you are, like at your core. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more like what happens. I think is that it becomes more important. The optics of it become the most important thing. Of like, oh, I ha- like as long as nobody, you know, thinks this about me, or it's about what other people see when they look at me, and like that becomes somehow the most important thing. Like as long as nobody else thinks I'm racist, as long as nobody else thinks that I'm sexist, Mm -hmm. when it's like, (laughs) that's not the most important thing. Right. And we'll adjust our behavior accordingly so as not to fall into the trap of being like revealed to be such. Yeah. And that is, um, that's a hard cycle. Cause then you're, are you being, are you being, are you are you actually improving upon those things that are kind of, you know, potentially leading you to be causing harm? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Uh, maybe say it one more time. Um, I'm saying that because our desire to not be seen as like one of the bad ones, which is like mm-hmm. a really problematic idea, leads us to be really risk averse, you know, to say the mm-hmm. right things, to... To like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch, I'm gonna like qualify this because I know, like, just so you know, like, I know, I just, you know, I'm, I know that that's a bad thing to be, mm-hmm. and then it's like, but what is that actually helping? Um, and you know, it's like one thing to intellectually understand something, but the experience I feel like I'm having is now having the bodily experience of having done something that I regret um, or that I was oblivious to the harm I was causing. And then my body is now learning. Oh, right. Like I, I have a lot of work to do and like I have misogyny inside, inside because of the culture and because of what I've seen. I want to just look at the part of what happened because I think it highlights an important point. Um, The part of what happened where I was thinking about my intentions, which were, oh, okay, I'm going to go take space. I'm going to give myself like space to process, feel what I'm feeling, try and understand what I need so that I can come back to, uh, to connect with Justin and we can work on this. So in my mind, I was like working on the relationship and that's good. That's how I think I felt. 
Um, and I think I felt like, uh, very emboldened because I thought my intentions were good. Um, which I just, I see that a lot where it's really hard when your intentions are one thing, but you're missing another part of it to feel like you could be in the wrong. Um, and it's something, you know, we see it like when people get canceled, for example, like, oh no, well, I'm like, you may have interpreted it that way, but my intentions were this. So therefore I didn't do anything wrong. Right. That's, yeah, that's a very common, common, um, justification or, um, line of reasoning that people try to invoke, um, that, yeah, I hurt you, but I didn't mean to. So, um, sucks for, you know, like too bad. (laughs) Like, so I'm therefore like not to blame and it's actually your fault for feeling hurt. Right. Um, and my intentions were, were such, so my intention was to do that. And then I was going to, you know, I was going to put care into the relationship. And one thing I was really missing in that I even felt defensive when I heard some of the feedback from friends was people were noticing that I was asking Justin to take on this situation by like coming to figure out what was wrong because I provided no explanation um, for leaving. So in my mind, I wasn't asking her for that. I was going to take space until I was ready. But I see the lie in there now, having had feedback and time to like sit with it. Yeah, I think exactly. It's like by walking away from me and having a notable shift in your energy. Right. And um, kind of having a sort of wall up, um, it's, I think people can fall back on, well, I, he wasn't asking you to, to take care of him or he wasn't asking you to come check on him or chase him, but he, he was, you know, because like he knows that that's one, the kind of person that I am. And two, it's just a n- normal survival response when you know your attachment partner leaves to like want to reconnect with them and so it's like I I had no way of knowing right that this is what was going on with Dan and so then it became my job and my burden to figure out what that was um and kind of search for information and and it didn't and that didn't feel good so um it was just such a a learning point and a turning point for us. Um, And listening back on it now, it's like kind of listening to different people almost. It's like we're the same, those same people, but it's, it's like listening to a different relationship in some ways. Do you have that experience? Uh, Different from what? Different from, from what our relationship is like now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it felt like it feels to me listening back like I was there was like a test, you know, like we were like I was testing Justin in some way mm-hmm. and I, uh, I wasn't thinking about it that way in, in the moment. Yeah. But um, also another way just that adds to sort of like the denial of 
what was really happening was, um, I don't know if this is actually, this connects, but early in our relationship, it was more common for me to feel, um, feelings and express them. Um, like to get really sad, to feel a lot of grief, to, um, be dysregulated and, and Justin was like the more stabilizing one, the one who was like nurturing to that energy, but maybe wasn't ready herself to be nurtured or to show her own, um, bigger emotions coming up. So there was already, I'm just like thinking about it because these things get laid so early on in a relationship, like these contracts, these sort of agreements that I'm when I behave this way, you're going to respond in kind. Um, and it's easy to not identify them or to lose track of them. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess we want to ask you, the listeners, if there are um, more blind spots that you feel like we um, missed or things that um, emotions that came up for you in listening to episode three. Um, did you find yourself taking sides um, in listening to our argument? Um, yeah, we. you can email us, you can DM us. Email is ifimaypodcast at gmail.com and Instagram is at IIMBSB. It's just our acronym. Um, also any, if anybody has any experiences of discovering a blind spot, we would love to hear about it. Yeah. Specifically, I want to, um, I want to put a call out to, to people who were confronted with their own, um, internalized misogyny or internalized, um, racism or any like experience of, of, seeing in yourself characteristic that you just cannot stand in other people <laughs> and thinking and and having lived this kind of sort of comfortable lie that like I'm not like that you know I'm I'm different I'm better I'm somehow more righteous if you've had that experience and you want to share it with us um to potentially be read uh, as a listener letter on the podcast, uh, please email us. We want to hear. And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Our music is by Nightlight. We self-produce this podcast, so please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps. <laughs>